Today we continue our series in prayer. And I really hope that this series has been helpful. I heard last week um, that God really, as I predicted, God really spoke um, in, in really deep ways last week and has said that wasn't just for um, you but also for me as well. Um, if I was to say um, today, I think today's going to be a little bit harder than last week, just give you the heads up. But uh, I just pray that you have a bit more, have an open heart to hear what Jesus is going to say. Um, we move to Matthew six twelve, and it reads this. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, that's the Matthew version in Luke. We also have the Lord's Prayer, and it reads this in verse 4. It says, same, same line, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Now, Matthew uses the word debt. Luke uses the word sins. Uh, to make it a little bit more complicated, in some of the old English versions of the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't use the word debt. It doesn't use the word sin. It uses the word trespass. So the prayer is this, and this is what we're going to look at. Lord, forgive us. But we really should know what it is that we're asking for forgiveness. Our sins, our debts, and our trespasses. So let's start with some definitions. Sin. The word sin literally means to miss the mark. Like an archer, like an archer shooting a target. When they miss the target, that's the word sin. For us, the word sin means when we miss the mark of God, when we fall short of the standard of God, that is what sin is. So when Eve took the apple, when God said, don't touch the apple, don't eat the apple, and Eve took it, she missed the standard of God. And that's where sin entered the world. Now the word debt, a debt is something that is owed to someone else. You borrow something, and until you pay that back, you are in debt. So what's the debt that we owe God? What is it that God has given to us that until we can give back to Him that we owe God? And, and that's actually our lives. What we owe God is, is the life that we, God has given to us, and what we owe Him is the honor and glory that He deserves, yet we do not pay that back because we are more concerned for our own lives, our own things to God. That is our debt to God. The word trespass means for someone to cross over a line or climb a fence that he or she should not climb. When you walk into someone else's property without their permission, that is, you are a trespasser, right? It's to overstep a limit or a boundary. If someone without your permission turns up to your house, like Ellen Jang, she always trespasses, <laughs> just turns up. My greatest fear is that Ellen Jang's going to turn up and I'm not going to have any pants on or something, right? Anyway, that's a trespasser. <laughs> so our prayer this morning is this. God, forgive us for our sins. 
for the times we missed the mark, the missed the standard. God, forgive us for our debts, the debt we owe you, God. And God, forgive us for our trespasses because we cross over the line and step over that boundary all the time. We're asking God to forgive us from all of them. In the Bible, the definition of forgiveness is the act of pardoning an offender. The act of pardoning an offender. Uh, Literally, the word forgiveness means to let go. When someone has offended you, you pardon them, you let go. So when we pray to God to forgive us, what we're asking is for God not to count our sins, debts, and trespasses against us. Now, how do we do this? In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, it would be done through sacrifice. The sacrifice of a clean animal, would uh, the, the blood of that animal would be the penalty that paid for our sin and it would be ongoing, just sacrifice after sacrifice. God would see the blood of the animal sacrifice and pardon the sins of man. But when Jesus died on the cross, he became the perfect sacrifice once and for all. Hebrews 10, I know we just went through Hebrews, 12 to 18 describes this. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, He sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time he awaits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Through the death of Jesus, for those who put their faith and trust in him, we are given the forgiveness of our sins once and for all. And that sins past, present and future. The very first time we ask God to forgive us, this is what we're doing. We're asking God, God, pardon us for our sinful nature, our sinful behavior. And as we look at Jesus who died on the cross and shed his blood for us, we realize now that through that death, that covers us. So when God sees us, that he doesn't see our sin, our debts and our trespasses, but he sees the blood of Jesus. But here's the question. If Jesus has taken the place for our sin and sacrifice is no longer necessary, why does Jesus tell us that we need to keep praying for forgiveness? Right? Great question, Steve. Aren't we already forgiven? Aren't the sins past, present, and future already being taken care of the blood of Jesus Christ? And the answer is yes. Sure has. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to do anything because Jesus has done everything for us, right? But why do we need to ask God for forgiveness then? And it comes back to this concept that we brought about a few weeks ago, the now but not yet. 
We are forgiven. But because we still live in this broken world, we still sin, right? I know some of you, it's a great question. If we're forgiven, why do we keep sinning? I remember, I know I've asked that question. It's actually really frustrating. It's not like we want to sin. But why do we struggle with it? And it's because we live in a broken world. It's because, yes, Jesus is Lord, but his reign has not fully been revealed, has not come into um, full uh, fruition yet. So we still sin. We still do things. We still uh, are in debt. We still miss the mark of God. The reason why we continue to ask God for forgiveness is not because God will continue to take our sin away again and again and again. It's actually got to do with our relationship with God. It's a way for us to humble ourselves before God, recognizing that we're still broken. We still live in a broken world. And until the day Jesus returns or we get taken home, that we will continue to sin. Doesn't mean that we don't love God. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love us, but it's the result of the brokenness that we live in. So when we pray, we pray for the forgiveness of sin. Not because if we don't pray that, that Jesus hasn't died for you. But it's because we value the relationship that we have with God. And because we love God, when we do something wrong, we need to say sorry. Uh, one of the best examples of this is marriage, right? How many times do you have to say sorry to your wife? Not enough, right? That's the answer, right? Not enough, right? Not enough. <laughs> Sometimes, let's be honest, we don't even know why we're sorry, right? <laughs> right? Be honest. Let's be honest, right? Sometimes you say sorry, because you don't know why you're sorry, but you just know that it, that's going to end the conversation quicker. Ah, you know. You say sorry because the relationship that you have with your spouse is important. Because you value that relationship. So when you say sorry, you humble yourself to recognize that, you know what, I... I, I have offended you, and for that I am sorry. Does it mean I'm not going to do it again? No. Guaranteed I'm going to do it again. I've been married 16 years. I've been, I've been offending my wife in the exact same way for 16 years, right? You'd think I would get better, right? But people don't change that quick. But I say sorry because of the relationship. That's why we say sorry to God. That's why we ask Him for forgiveness. Not because we're worried about our salvation. Not because we're worried that God's going to walk uh, you know, away from us. It's because we, we truly value our relationship with God. But there's a second part to this prayer. And, and we need to understand that this prayer, that, that part is only part one of that line. It says, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, it's one thing to ask God for forgiveness. 
in view, in line, uh, in view of God's mercy. But as one that is forgiven, God expects us to forgive those who have wronged us, who have offended us, who are in debt to us. Jesus considers this, and, and you've got to hear the real importance of this. Jesus considers this of utmost importance because straight after the Lord's Prayer, he goes straight back into the topic of forgiveness. And we see this in Matthew 6, 14 to 15. If you give other people, if you, if you forgive other people when they sin again against you, have I got this wrong? There are typos. My apologies. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sin. If we cannot forgive others, then God will not forgive us. That's a really, that's a really, 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 really big verse. Right? Now, Jesus, he talks about this in a, in a story. And, and it's in Matthew chapter 18, and it's 20 verses long. And so I thought, I wouldn't read it. I'll just show you a video, because I think that's more fun than me. Stories of the Bible. The parable of the unforgiving servant. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like walking on water. Oh, hey guys. And even raised people from the dead. Uh, wahoo! One day, Jesus was talking with his disciples and teaching them when Peter asked, Um, here I? How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus said, No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Then Jesus told a parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to get his money back that he had let his servants borrow. While the king was doing this, one of the servants who owed him a million dollars was brought in. One million dollars, please? The servant couldn't pay, so the king ordered that he be sold, along with his family and everything he owned, to pay the debt. Wait, please! But the servant begged the king, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his king was filled with pity for him and he let him go and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Uh, hi? Come here, Will. He grabbed him and demanded that he pay him back immediately. Oh, wait, please. His fellow servant begged for a little more time. He said, be patient with me and I will pay it. No. But the servant wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be punished until he had paid all that he owed. 
Jesus then said, That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wasn't that so much better than me reading it? Eh? The servant was forgiven a major debt, but did not forgive a minor offense and ultimately was not shown the same mercy. And the question is, this, this could be us. We have been forgiven of our sins through the blood of God's son, Jesus. Like, G like God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. Right? That's the debt that has been paid for us. Literally, the size of this debt is eternity. And yet, in this life, when someone wrongs us, when someone offends us, someone cheats us, when someone does an injustice to us, and we can't forgive, we can't let go, how would God feel? He has forgiven you and given you eternal life as a gift. Why would it be so hard for us to show even a portion of that mercy to others? And that's what the scripture says. Now, unforgiveness, and, and I think this is the tricky part. Unforgiveness is something that, for some of us, including myself, struggle with. I didn't know this until about three weeks ago that I struggled with unforgiveness. But what's interesting about unforgiveness is there's, there's things that happen when you hold on to things. Um, there are three things that unforgiveness does to a person. Number one, uh, we become unhealthy. Unforgiveness actually creates an emotional storm of distress in which feelings of stress, anxiety, depression, insecurity, and fear can surface. It can uh, really start to affect the way you live and your ability to even enjoy life. It can be a downward spiral that can make you very unhealthy physically and spiritually. You know, when we hold on to unforgiveness, it actually affects our health, like physically, right? Secondly, uh, we can become un uh, entitled. Unforgiveness can give us a false sense of righteousness. They wronged me. I deserve an apology. They offended me. I deserve to sit on the seat of judgment until they apologize. We start to believe that we deserve justice. And we start to believe that we have the right to sit on the judgment seat when in reality, the only person that can sit on that seat is God and God alone. So we can have a false sense of entitlement. Thirdly, it can ultimately ruin the relationship. When we cannot forgive, we think that we can continue in that relationship, but actually we can't. You cannot have a relationship without forgiveness. This is something that was really profound for me in this week while just preparing. You cannot be in relationship with someone without forgiveness. Let me just pause and expand this. In reality, we all offend each other. Right? We all offend each other. Why? Because we're sinful beings. Right? That's just who we are. 
You know, some people offend other people even more. Of course, there's a whole, you know, array of offense. But we all, you know, because we're sinful and because we're selfish, whether we intentionally do it or not, we offend each other. I'm, if, you have not, if you have not been offended by me, you have not hung out with me for long enough. I'm really good at offending people, right? Like, you know. We, and you know, for most things, right? For most things, even though we offend each other, we actually, without even knowing, we actually let things go quite easy. We actually, without even thinking, we, we forgive each other. Now, we start thinking of the big things, right? Oh, how can we forgive, right? But every relationship, Every relationship that's important and that is meaningful, if you care about that person and that relationship, forgiveness is actually the bedrock of that. Because there's offense every day. And if you can't get over that offense, you cannot have relationship. Right? One of the examples of this, not marriage, it is marriage, but um, is actually kids. Kids, right? Most selfish sinful human beings in the world, right? They offend parents all the time. I'll give you an example. My, my fourth son, my, sorry, my fourth child, he's at that age, he's at that age where he's smart enough to comment and not smart enough to have a filter. So he comes out and he goes, Dad, you're fat. <laughs> and so after I took my belt off, and <laughs> jokes, 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 complete jokes. I'm not even wearing a belt today. You know, we, if I'm offended, which I should be, it's very offensive, right? If I, at that moment, can't forgive my four-year-old child, then I cannot have a relationship with him. It's, it's, it's profound. If you do not have forgiveness, you cannot have a relationship. But we do. As said, the relationships that we have in our lives, they're meaningful, they're important, and so we actually do forgive. You know, people come late to church. I forgive you all the time. You know, I don't, you know, I don't close the door at 10.31 and, you know, come back next week, right? Like, we do that all the time because we actually appreciate the, the relationship. It's the point where you cannot and will not forgive them. That becomes the end, the beginning of the end of that relationship. Once you think that you're better than them and that you don't need to forgive them, then it's all downhill from there. Uh, I thought this was a good quote. Nelson Mandela. Hating someone is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. Can I tell you? That is unforgiveness. Not being able to forgive someone and holding that grudge, holding that bitterness... You're drinking poison. You've put yourself in a jail cell 
and you're looking at that other person waiting for that person to die or waiting for that person to be punished and yet what we don't see is that it's actually us. This is why. This is why. And God knows this. God's smarter than us. So many times we think that this prayer, right, forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We think that that prayer, right, like we're the beneficiaries of God forgiving us and then everyone else is the beneficiary of me forgiving them. No. You're the beneficiary of being able to forgive. You're the beneficiary of being able to forgive the other person because what God is trying to do is as you pray this prayer, as you are forgiven by God and as you forgive others, it is to free you. It is to free you from the poison that is unforgiveness. It is to free you from the toxicity that is unforgiveness. Too many times we read this prayer and we think, yes, I need to forgive others so that they'll be happy and that I can be forgiven by God. No, this is a double blessing prayer. God, forgive me for I have offended you. And then God, help me to forgive others so that I don't have to drink that poison so I can live free. As I said, a few weeks ago, I, I was um, confronted with unforgiveness in my, in my life. And I didn't even know that I had it. And it took some very close and honest friends to approach me and, and, and bring it up. And, and so I wrestled with God. I really wrestled with God that week. And my wife will tell you, it was long three days. And I realized that the unforgive the other person didn't even know I was bitter at them, right? Which is most of the time. It's literally like drinking poison and go, I hope you die. I hope you die. I hope you die. I hope you die. I hope you know it's like the dumbest thing in the world. But that's what it is. And that's how it was for me. And it was until that point where God was like, dude, you need to let this go. And so I chose, I chose to let it go. It didn't mean I went to that person, hey, I forgave you. Mate, what for? <laughs> they don't even know, right? But the freedom that is received when we are able to forgive others, that's for us. Last week, the prayer was, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Today, our prayer is forgive us for our sin. Number one, you need to understand, you have offended God. If you can't get that point, if you, if, if you struggle to understand that part, then it's very difficult. Once again, it's very difficult for you to then proceed with a healthy relationship with God. Forgive us of our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. It's double freedom. Man, I sat on this verse and I was so grateful that Jesus taught us this. 
But here's the hard work. I think for most of us, if not all of us, we can, we can recognize that we have offended God. And so in, in, in humility, we can go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I have offended you. It's the second part that gets a bit harder. Isn't that the truth? People that have wronged you. People that have offended you. People that have crossed boundaries. Boundaries that you were like, no, this is off limits when they trespass into your life. God says you need to forgive them. But friends, if you make the focus about that person, then it's difficult. Because if you focus on the offense, then it's hard. Because some of these offenses are very difficult. They're real. They're hurtful. They're traumatic. I get that. I'm not downplaying that at all. But this morning, I believe God doesn't want you to see the offense. He wants you to see the blessing and the freedom that comes with forgiveness. You can be forgiven and you can have freedom. And so if that's been something that you've been harboring or you've been holding on to this morning, I believe that God wants you to see it from the way He sees it. And maybe there is something that you're holding on to. Maybe there is something that you're harboring, big or small. And I believe this morning you're here because God wants you to know that He loves you. And He loved you so much that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your major offense. He doesn't want you just to be saved from sin, but He wants you to be free in your life. So here's the hard question. Who do you need to forgive? Who is there in your life that you need to forgive? Now, this is a a very deep and can be very complicated question. I understand that. And for, you know, luckily, starting again this week, we have our life groups. And I'm not saying when you turn up to life group this week, you need to have a list of names, photos, phone numbers, you know, like, this is why I've forgiven, this is why I've forgiven, this is, you know. I'm just saying, if you need a space for support and prayer, that's where you're going to get it from life group. Now, if you're not in a life group, come and speak to me. Come and speak to our pastors. Come and speak to our board. Come and speak to our leaders. We will help you through it. And we're not, we're not going to do it because we're perfect. It's, we're not at all. But, but I, I recognize that it's complicated. It can be complicated. If you need help, maybe you need professional help. We have a list of counselors that we can help you and direct you to that can help you work through some of this stuff. It's big stuff. I understand. I, I really understand that. But understand that the purpose of you to forgive the other person is not so that that person can be free. Is so that you can be free. So, we pray once again this morning, as Jesus has taught us, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Let's pray.